2: Hello and welcome to the program,
3: Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keefer Blakesley, and we got a show for you today. We're going to be talking about My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Crystal Empire, The Great Wall, The Lego Batman Movie, and right now I am with Dariana, who is 11 from L.A., and Carla from New Jersey, talking about the show Millie Miss. It's about a little girl who has questions, and so far I have many questions to ask them about it. So um, thank you guys for being on the show. Let's get right into it. So um Carla, tell us a little bit about what the show is and uh, what did you think about it?
4: Um the show Millie Miss Questions um is about um this girl named Millie that asks a lot of questions to um her friends and her parents about life. I thought that the show is really good for kids. It helps like kids like ask more questions like during school and stuff.
3: Now see, I I am the kind of type of guy in class who sometimes you get yelled at for asking questions. Like, come on, keep. We really have to ask that question. Like, yes, because that's the best way to do it. If you know what, if you don't ask, you never know. You never know. The best way yeah. of getting to know things is asking questions. So that's always good for a show to encourage that. Uh, so, what kind of questions do they ask, and what kind of subjects do they cover? Uh, I'm gonna go to you, Dariana.
2: They kind of cover subjects like more on the friendship matter than educate than more school academic stuff. They talk about, like, decision-making, how do you make decisions, and, like, playing games and stuff like that, like life lessons.
3: Very important life lessons, yeah. I'm one of the most indecisive people. If you ask me which restaurant I want to go to, I'll be like, I don't care, and that's not helpful. So <laughs> it's good to the show teaches that. So, um, Carla, tell us a bit about what Millie Miss, uh, what did you enjoy most besides the educational value of it?
4: I like the animation because um, the background is like realistic. It's like a photo of like a kitchen and whatever. So then they put like the animated characters into the place and it looks more, more realistic.
3: Sounds like I'm looking, I, I, when I was preparing for the show today, I was looking at some of the episodes and it's really cute animation. It's very nice, uh, yes, realistic backgrounds with cute animation over it. So, um, Carla, what did you think about the animation?
4: Um, I thought it was very, it was very cute, like you said, and it was very unique because I've never seen that before.
3: Uh, let's talk about uh, what would you say is your favorite episode, Dariana?
2: I personally like the first one because it was a very interesting question that actually, actually related to me at my age. Hmm. So it was like so. Something about, like, sisters and stuff, and, like, about where children were before they were in their mom's stomach. So that was kind of interesting for me. That is very interesting.
3: Huh. And uh, what about you, Carla? What did you say is your favorite episode?
4: My favorite episode is this decision one, because I relate to it a lot, since I'm very bad at making decisions.
3: (laughs) No, I feel like it's a very relatable situation. I love that children shows... I mean, I think the most important thing is somehow you can relate to it because you want to show empathy towards your characters. And uh, so tell us a little bit uh, about what do you enjoy most about Millie since she is the main character, since she's asked a lot of questions. What kind of characteristics do you like about her that makes her a great maybe children's television role model, um, Carla? I like how
4: um, Millie, like, she's not afraid to ask questions. Like, if she, like, she asks everyone the, the question that's on her mind. Like, she asks her friends, she asks her parents, and I like that.
3: Good. Sounds like a great character. So, Carla, what kind of questions did would you like this show to cover?
4: Maybe questions about, like, history and, like, stuff like that. Like, like why certain people aren't, like, covered in history, maybe?
3: Ah, so, like, spin-off shows. So, like, uh, Millie Miss... Ask about questions about history, or Millie Miss asks about questions about science, or like, Ooh. all these spin-off shows. That'll be interesting. Oh, so, so, creators, are you listening in? We're giving you great material here, so, um, get on that. That'll be great spin-off shows. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're gonna be talking about My Little Pony, The Great Wall, and the Lego Batman movie. we continue our conversation with Dariana and Carla about Millie Miss, the television show. So, um, Dariana... What is this? Uh, you saw this on a DVD packet, I assume. So, uh, yeah. what kind of other other than any special features that this um, packet of collection of episodes come along with?
2: No, it's just uh, a ten pack of episodes strung together. fun, yeah, so uh, so the DVD comes with
3: ten episodes. That's a wonderful uh, wonderful collection of the show. So, uh, what would you say is your favorite character in the show?
2: I really like Millie's little sister because she's very curious about the questions that Millie asks. So I, I really liked her, and she was very silly at times. And yeah, it's adorable.
3: Now, um, what would you say is your favorite part of the whole show, Carla?
4: Um, my favorite part of the show is when um they, when Millie was bored, and then like her her and her friends like started like making up games because I thought it was a very great use of their imagination.
3: Always good to show that show, uh, to show a lot of imagination. So, Diana, what would you say makes this unique from other television shows?
2: I say this is unique because the questions on other, I guess, question TV shows are more, like, they try to, be more academic and stuff and ask like who was George Washington or something and travel back in time. But mm-hmm. this one is more like towards a specific more fun and lively.
3: a bit more humanitarian kind of questions. Yeah. I mean that's about socially like kind of questions about reacting to different predicaments in everyday life. I think those are more important than probably the the academic side even though academics are very important, stay in school kids, yeah. but uh, there's not many shows that really deal with those social issues. Um, so, um, Carla, would you uh, would you agree with that?
4: Yeah, I would agree with that. All
3: uh, right, since I'm with you, Carla, uh, what would you say? What do you think makes it int- uh, makes it the most unique television show?
4: I like um, how it covers like questions that, as you said, that um, they don't really cover like other TV shows and stuff like that. And the animation, as I said, is very unique.
3: And Diana, how many? What would you say the age range for the show?
2: I would say it would be more geared toward younger kids, like four to six or seven around there.
3: Mm. And why is that?
2: Um, Because some of the questions are questions we already ask ourselves every day sometimes, and I feel like these are more geared towards younger kids who don't know this stuff yet.
3: Well, that sounds great. That uh, sounds like a great age range for some ki- for kids. So, parents, go, please go check it out for them. And, uh, Carla, how many stars would you give this show?
4: Um, I give this show five out of five stars.
3: And why would you give? And uh, I'm, I'm assuming for all the reasons that we talked about today.
4: Yeah.
3: Wonderful. Well, thank you, YouTube, for talking about Millie Miss. It's a pleasure. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Now you may be asking the question, where well, can I get this wonderful collection of episodes? Well, you can go check out Amazon, um, many different, DVD, uh, different stores that sell DVDs, uh, Walmart, Big, Best Buy, and Amazon are selling the DVDs. And Millie, Miss Questions, Ten Adventures for curi- for um, for curious Millie. So please go check them out. Well, that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Cat and a Hat Knows a Lot About Space.
1: Kids Safe, Mother Approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
5: Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. We are just talking about the new DVD collection, Miss Millie, and now we're going to be talking about another DVD collection. This one is called My Little Pony French is Magic Crystal Empire. We're going to be talking to Linda, who is 12 years old from New York. Linda, how are you doing?
6: I'm good, thank you.
5: Well, that is absolutely wonderful. So, what did you think of this DVD collection?
6: I thought that it was a very exciting and fun DVD collection to watch. And I also learned quite a bit about friendship.
5: And have you seen any of the My Little Pony episodes before watching this DVD?
6: I have, and it actually used to be my favorite show.
5: And what do you think of what uh, episodes they picked? Like, do you think those were good choices? Do you think it was a little random? What did you think?
6: I thought that they were really great choices because the five episodes in some way, shape, or form all connected with one another to kind of make it like a movie.
5: Yeah, I thought the same thing. It did kind of almost have a continuous storyline that the view, view, viewer could experience, which was nice because in the actual TV show, they're like seasons apart. So that was really nice. And what do you, do you think of like the stories of each episode since we are talking about the stories?
6: I thought that in each of the five episodes, there was especially a very important message about friendship, whether it is that you can be friends with anyone or if you can reconnect with old friends.
5: And did you have a favorite message from any of the episodes?
6: I think my favorite message was that how you can reconnect with old friends and still make a and still make be friends and have a healthy relationship because it actually relates to me because I like. And I recently have reconnected with an old friend from many grades ago.
5: Yeah, that is true. Just because a friend kind of fell off and you guys kind of separated doesn't mean you can't become friends again. I agree. That is a fantastic message. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic is an animated series. So what do you think about the animation?
6: I thought that the animation was great. I don't know exactly what a unicorn looks like, but I'm pretty sure the animation of Twilight Sparkle looks pretty close to it.
5: Hmm. And I have a question for you. What type of genre would you say? Because each of the episodes kind of differ. But for this DVD collection itself, what do you think the genre is for it?
6: Um, I think that the genre would be nonfiction because technically, quote unquote, unicorns and alicorns don't exist. Neither does magic. But it's still fun to step into another world and kind of imagine that it is just real.
5: Yeah. And do you would you say you have a favorite character?
6: I think my favorite character would be Pinkie Pie or Rainbow Dash because they're both so energetic and brave and they can just really bring life to any anybody or anybody's situation.
5: Yeah, you definitely cannot be You cannot be uh, Pinkie Pie. So speaking of Pinkie Pie, what do you think of the voice acting? Pinkie Pie is voiced by Andrea Lipman. Twilight Sparkle is voiced by Tara Strong. We even have some characters that are voiced by double the people, like two people playing one character. So what did you think of the voice acting?
6: I thought the voice acting was great because not until I researched who the voice actors were, I could never tell that, for example, Rainbow Dash and a few other characters were voiced by the same person because they sound so different.
5: And I also want to ask you, since you have watched previous episodes, how do you think the series is kind of evolving? How do you think that it's still developing? Because it's been going on for over 130 episodes now in almost five, six years, I think. So it's been going on for a long time. Do you think the series still has its quality? It did in the first couple, or do you think it kind of lost it?
6: It has been going on for quite a long time. And I think that My Little Pony is one of my favorite animated series because even though it's been going on for so long, there's so many new twists and turns, and Twilight's always adding new friends to her little group of friends.
5: Yeah, the, de- the story definitely does evolve, and you always get more and more characters, which I thought was a great factor. Now, it is definitely meant for kids, so do you think it can appeal to kids and why?
6: I think that it definitely does appeal to kids because the colors are super bright. Like, there's almost never a dull moment in My Little Pony. And also, there's a lot of important messages, like I mentioned before, about what you can learn about friendship.
5: I definitely agree. You're listening to Kids First Cover Attractions, And right now, we are just talking about the DVD collection, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Crystal Empire. We are going to continue talking to Linda about this DVD collection Right now, we are just talking about how it is absolutely perfect for kids because it's all bright colors. It's all fantastic messages. Now, my next question is, do you have a favorite episode out of the five?
6: I think I do. And my favorite episode would be the last one, The Times They Are a Changeling. First off, I love puns, so the title is great. And this episode is pretty much about how Spike meets um, a changeling, which is pretty much a pony that can change into any other pony that it's seen. And the changeling just wants to be friends. And I think it's amazing and it touched my heart how Spike really wanted to help him, even though his friends didn't exactly believe that the changeling could be good.
5: Yeah, I also love that episode. And I just thought the moral was so perfect that you shouldn't judge somebody based off where they come from or what group they're part of. You should judge them based off their own actions. And you can see it so well in the show. So definitely. How many stars would you give this this DVD and why?
6: I would give this a five out of five stars because I was both informed and entertained by the five episodes because I learned an an amazing message and also just the story was entertaining.
5: Now, I have another question for you. Because some episodes have almost a dozen characters, do you think it ever gets confusing or do you think that it is very straightforward, very easy to follow, even for the youngest of the audiences?
6: I think that it's very straightforward. However, some of the names can be confusing. For example, Twilight Sparkle and Starlight Glimmer kind of sound like the same thing, but the ponies are actually quite different in personality, so there are ways to differ, to differ them.
5: I definitely agree. Another question about character, do you think that people can relate to the characters and kind of feel for them as if they were real and they were with you and you're witnessing their own stories in front of you? Like, do you think you could feel for the characters?
6: I definitely think that not only myself, but a lot of other um, children and adults maybe can res- can connect with the characters. For example, you, you can be able to connect with Rainbow Dash if you think that if you're very athletic or if you're good at sports and you're a very cha- um, challenged, well not challenged, but like brave person.
5: I definitely agree. There's like almost a personality for each character. Now, what do you think the age rating would be?
6: I would give this film a, um, a rating of ages 4 to 10, because children this age may be like very excited to learn new ma- lessons about friendship from pretty mystical creatures.
5: Yeah, I definitely agree. It is absolutely perfect, perfect for kids. Now, another big part of My Little Pony is the music. So what did you think of both the soundtrack and the songs that the actual characters uh, sing?
6: I thought that the, the, the writers of the story did a great job of writing the songs because not only were the songs really catchy and they will get stuck in your head, because I have been singing those songs to this day, and I think that they just did a really great job in incorporating a message into the songs.
5: I definitely agree. Right? I mean, in the last episode where they have those songs, they were just absolutely mind-blowingly amazing.
6: They were, and I didn't know that Spike was such a good singer.
5: Yeah, I def- yeah, I definitely agree. And another amazing thing about Spike is that it, he is actually played by somebody named Kathy Wesluck, a woman, which is really cool that she would be able to lower her voice that much. Just really shows quite a lot of talent. So my next question is, do you, how much longer do you think the series can go on? Because I think it's on its sixth or seventh season right now. So do you think it can keep going on forever or not?
6: I think that, of course, since there is a limit to how many names and ponies that you can have in a show without getting it too confusing, it will have its time where you may not be able to add new characters or take away too many loved characters. But I think that it can go on for quite a while and still keep people entertained because it's just a re- very well known and loved show.
5: Now, I have another question: Do you think that it could appeal to older audiences at all? Because I know you give a rating four to ten. But do you think it can appeal to older kids? And if not, why?
6: Actually, I do think that it may be able to um, appeal to older children because maybe it reminds them of their childhood or maybe it reminds it actually teaches them lessons that they never learned when, before or just that they never, that they never knew.
5: And and uh, specifically, do you have a favorite scene? I know you did have a favorite episode and character, but specifically a favorite scene?
6: I think my favorite scene was when Twilight Sparkle and her friends first met Flurry Heart, which is Twilight's brother's daughter. And this is because she was incredibly cute, and I've never actually seen a baby pony in this. Oh, I'm sorry, a baby Alicorn in the series before, and it's also very unique since Alicorns weren't exactly born Alicorns.
5: Yeah, the baby ponies is just absolutely beautiful and so adorable. And this that was also one of my favorite scenes. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about the DVD collection, My Little Pony and Friendship is Magic, Crystal, and Empire. If the viewers would like to check out this DVD, it is now in stores near you, so definitely check it out. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First come Attractions. And this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat, knows a lot about space.
1: Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
3: Hello, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keefer Blakeslee, and we just got done talking about My Little Pony, and Millie Miss has questions. We're going to be continuing the show with Lego Batman movie, but right now I'm talking with Morgan from L.A. about the grand epic action flick, The Great Wall. So Morgan, thank you for being on the show. Let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about what you thought of this movie.
0: OMG, I absolutely love this movie. It's like, what do you get when you mix Mac Damon, China, The Great Wall, and Godzilla on baby-making steroids, and it just, it works to be an eye-candy sci-fi spectacular movie. And it's a terrific storyline, marvelous characters, outstanding graphics, and they're just top-rated. And the way they made this story come together is just like, oh, and gee, it's it's beautiful. And it had me staring at amazement, and I never even wanted to take my eyes off of the screen once, and I never did. Like, you were just, like, there, and you're like, wow, there's so much to see. There's so much eye candy that it's, like... I want to get it on DVD and watch it again and again and again because I bet there's some kind of detail that I missed.
3: Well, definitely the visuals and the action is one highlight of the film, but I think a lot of people would argue that the story and characters are lacking. So um, what would you say in that defense?
4: Um, I don't really
0: understand what you mean. Because this film, I personally...
3: Did not like this film. I thought it was very cliched, and I did. I liked those visuals. The visuals were pretty spectacular, but and many of the critics didn't really enjoy this film. So, what would you say um, to counter that? Like, what, what would you do to sell this film?
0: Oh, well, I saw a lot of the reviews, and I saw a lot of them say that, like, um, they didn't think that it was too historical. And honestly, like, if they think this is historical, it was probably like, I want to say that it was an, uh, a legend that the Chinese made up for why they built the Great Wall, so that people wouldn't be like, oh my god, there's invaders, and go into panic. And so they'd be like, oh, okay, there's these weird monsters, you know, whatever. Um, but I think that they honestly made that up, and I think that's what the origin of this is, is that it's like supposed to be a fantasy story that's sci-fi, and it's supposed to be kind of cool. But all the critics are kind of taking it too much as a historical version that they're like kind of trying to critique it so that way it's more historical and not so action sci fi as the look that the producers and directors were going for.
3: Well... Let's put it in my respect, because I think, I, of course, this is a fantasy. It's a it's a very creative fantasy, I might add, because the Great Wall is this grand, epic structure, and now it's actually used to fight off these monsters, which is a really cool idea. But um, what, what was it in the characters, like Matt Damon's character, and the story that you found compelling about it?
0: I thought that it was just so compelling, because the way that Matt Damon... And all the other fantastic actors, um, including uh, Titin Chang and uh, Pedro Pascal and William Defoe and so many others that are just simply amazing. They're just spectacular. There's no words to really describe them. The way that they all work together to really complete the story and like show each other's emotions through their eyes. And you can like just be able to feel what they're feeling right away really does help with the carry out. And that's what makes it just so different and unique from other stories. And that's what really brings the aspect of the Great Wall together. All right.
3: Very interesting. So what would you say is your favorite part in the film?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. You know what? I would have to say that I absolutely um, love the part where the girls, um, the women, uh, join in the battle and they start bungee jumping off the wall trying to keep the monsters um with their their spears by trying to kill them and trying to keep them off the great wall of china is like a spectacular moment and i love this scene because the graphics were spot on and i was just sitting there and on like wondering how in the world did they do that because like not that many people were able to do that and it's like if I was one of those women, I would just be like, oh my gosh, send me up on the bungee jump, and I would be like super excited. And the way that they did the graphics and everything with that is just, it's out—it's spectacular and sh- amazing.
3: It does sound like a wonderful visual, especially, and that's what, what does have this film running for. It does have some pretty pretty fascinating and compelling visuals. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keep Up Lakesley and we're going to be continuing the show talking about the Lego Batman movie, but right now we're going to continue to talk to Morgan about the Great Wall. Now, we were talking about how the visuals are, I have to admit, very stunning. What did you think about the designs of the monsters in this sh- movie, without giving too much of a bike? kind of a surprise.
4: I would
0: say that the monsters are scary, yet there are so many of them that I got used to seeing them. And I remember, uh, I'm going way back, but uh, I remember seeing the movie Aliens and like that one, you saw the uh, monsters and you're like, ah, but they came out like at times where you couldn't predict. But this one, you could kind of tell and you were like, okay, you know. That was one of the good things about it, though. So, like, I think it's good for kids because they'll be able to be, like, oh, you know, they'll know when it's going to happen so they won't be, like, terrified of seeing the movie, but they will enjoy it because it brings a little bit of scariness to it. So at the same time, uh, you get used to seeing them and they're very determined and protective of their queen while the Chinese are, like, the same, but yet yeah, protective of their emperor and their city. And they're, like, um, they're why It's kind of, like... battle between intelligence because like the chinese are like these uh creatures they used to think that they were very they used to think they were intelligent and they still do but they were like they're not as intelligent as uh thought they were so like they're very Mm -hmm. intelligent or like oh we thought they were like going to be as intelligent as they were 20 or 30 years ago and now they're more advanced Mm -hmm. and china is still kind of like trying to get to their um advancement and they're also very advanced and technical so it's kind of like trying to find out who can be able to outsmart one another is kind of what the aspect was to me
3: now I gotta admit I mean that's it was interesting to to see that bouncing back and forth of kind of man versus nature quote unquote but um, no I really found I just couldn't get the characters, Matt Damon's character is just so cliched, in my opinion, and it just doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, Matt Damon's a very phenomenal actor, is a phenomenal actor, and he does his best in this film, as any actor would, but it's just the script he's given is just too, too cliched, and it just, it wasn't strong enough for him, not even he, and also the phenomenal actors in here, um, Linda and Pedro Pascal, who I love with all my heart, they couldn't bring the script to its They couldn't make the script and the dialogue, um, really good for me. But, um, with that said, what did you say is the message in this film?
0: Um, I think the message in this film is basically like, go with your gut and learn to trust yourself and others because they kept on uh, saying you need to learn trust in others and you need to learn trust in yourself. And I remember that from the amazing, um, and wonderful person who was just simply magnificent, Titan Chang, who plays Commander Lee May, who is strong and fearless. She was like, you know what? You need to trust yourself and you need to keep on trusting me because if you're not going to trust me and you're not going to trust yourself, this isn't going to work. And like that's kind of the main aspect of like them trying to get together and like they, over time, start feeling like they know each other and they start trusting each other. So that's kind of, like, what I think the main aspect of the film is and the main message, to be honest. And also another one that's kind of, like, a little bit on the sideline. Another one that's kind of, like, a little bit on the sideline would also be, like, don't get too greedy because they do have the legend and they do say that. And they say that the king got so greedy that the animals kind of came to tell him, you know, you can't get so greedy, so we're going to come and attack you every 20 years or so on. (laughs) Or oh, sorry, sixty
3: years. Definitely, and again, it's not with really the message nor the acting that I would say is the the reason to go see it. I personally would see it just if you're looking for a popcorn flick for just a nice mindless action film. I feel you're going to get some good good entertainment from this. It's a very entertaining film, wouldn't you agree, Morgan?
0: Yes, definitely, and that's why I'm giving it five out of five stars. And I would say that the perfect age range for this film as well would definitely be probably around the age range of 12 to 18, because it is a little bit violent because it is an epic battle between the Tai Tai, which are the monsters, and the Chinese emperor and empire. And the kids will also love that the liz- lizards are amazing and their stunts are um, beautiful. And they have also stunning costumes, great acting, villains, heroes. And it's also a very easy to follow storyline. So it won't be, like, too confusing that the kids will be like, what's going on? And they'll be able to understand it at the same time of being able to enjoy all the eye candy that it has to offer.
3: Well, if you have a sweet tooth for eye candy, definitely you can go check this film out and go to your own opinions and see what you think. Thank you so much, Morgan, for talking about The Great Wall. This film is out in theaters now, so um, go check it out if you're looking for a popcorn flick. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blake Slee, and this show is sponsored by Cat in the Hat. Knows a lot about space.
1: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up.
3: Hey, welcome
5: back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Cartoon Distractions. We were just talking about the film The Great Wall, and now we're going to be talking about an animated film, Lego Batman movie. And we will be talking to Benjamin. So, Benjamin, how are you doing today?
7: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
5: I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. So, what did you think about this animated action-packed film?
7: I loved it. Um, it's... It hit my expectations, and it was what I wanted it to be. Uh, An excellent sort of deep dive into, like, Batman as a character, but in a really funny way. And, um, well, I thought there were some flaws with, like, the story in the middle. I thought it was very funny. I liked liked the the way the jokes were written, and I really liked the animation, too.
5: So let's talk about the story first, since you said there were some parts that Millie didn't like about it. Can you go more in-depth in that? Uh,
7: it was just... It, it starts out like a sort of a parody, or no, just parodying some of the cliches of the Batman and the DC Universe in general. But the story is, um, Batman adopts an orphan named Dick Grayson, who becomes Robin later. Um... And then he meets the new police chief who says that they want to work with Batman, but he should leave it to the job of fighting crime to the police department. So then he, he Batman completely disagrees with this, but the people do. And he like fades sort of from the spotlight um, in a desperate attempt to get one of rid of one of his enemies, the Joker, once and for all. He... Um, Steals a projector, a phantom projector, uh, that will send the Joker into an intergalactic pr- prison uh, with the help of his son. And then it works, but the Joker starts a scheme. While he's surrounded by hundreds of villains, he decides that he can finally get revenge on Batman and take over Gotham City. So, Batman, the new police chief, Barbara Gordon, get his son... And his loyal butler, Alfred, all have to sort of collaborate to um, defeat the Joker and save their city.
5: So, this seems like a really complex plot, and did you did it ever get confusing? Because it seems like a lot is happening.
7: Um, I felt there were just, like, a lot of storylines to keep track of. Um, like, the relationship between father and son, and all these different sort of, like, um, what chemistry i wouldn't i wouldn't say chemistry but just like a lot of different characters to follow and i felt not every character got um justice and sort of got enough screen time that i thought was deserved
5: yeah i feel like a lot of movies with a lot of superheroes kind of has that problem even if they are animated films like this they still run into that issue that there's so many characters how do we each give them their own justice now it is an animated film as we've been talking about so, what did you think of the voice actors? Batman was voiced by Will Arnett. We have Robin voiced by Malcolm Kassira. We uh, have some other people like Zach Galifianakis. I can't pronounce his last name. He voiced Joker. So, what did you think? How did they do?
7: Um, I thought most of them actually did a pretty good job. And I was surprised to see, like, how many famous people voiced different characters like, you had Billy Dee Williams and Conan O'Brien, both voicing um, different villains. I thought Will Arnett was just created the perfect persona for, like, a less brooding version of Batman. And he's uh, just very funny. And I thought, while well, I thought his character, like, wasn't always the best person. He was very charismatic. Um, I also really liked Michael Cera. I feel he was a really good choice, who balances the oddball and quirky personality of the character really well
5: yeah yeah it definitely seemed like from what i watched about the film that all the actors really got into their character and was really able to feel the emotions of the character and represent them well you're listening to kids first coming attractions and right now we are talking to benjamin about the film lego batman movie and we are just talking about how fantastic the voice actors are my next question is what do you think about the animation both this film and the lego movie they were just really, really great for their almost stop motion like animation.
7: I agree with you. It looks like stop motion. It looks like this is there are like moving Legos. Um I felt it was kind of a missed opportunity that uh, spoiler alert, uh unlike the Lego movie well it's not really spoiler, but it like used um its live action environments very well. And, um, I felt, the animation was good, it just, it was a lot like the Lego movie, and that's fine, so.
5: Now, would you say that you're a little disappointed that it was very similar to the Lego movie?
7: Uh, no, I think I'm glad they sort of kept the same style, rather than trying to, like, differ it by too much.
5: Yeah, because it is kind of set in the same universe, it only makes sense, right? Yeah. So, do you have a favorite scene in the film?
7: Yes. Um. The very beginning, is Batman is sort of parrot, he's making fun of all these usual tropes, at, like the beginning of movies. And then there's he starts rapping about how awesome he is while defeating all these sort of villain, all these different villains. And I just felt it was a perfect way to introduce the character and sort of the environment and uh, humor of the film. Um, so, I actually think it might be, like, one of my favorite openings for a movie ever.
5: It is really hard to do a good opening, to kind of introduce the story and the characters perfectly. So, Batman was kind of a side character in the last film, and he was absolutely hilarious, but he was a side character. So, how do you think he does in this film as the main sole character?
7: Um, I wasn't crazy about Batman in the, like, movie. I didn't like his, I did not, I didn't not like his character, I just, I, um, I didn't think he deserved a spin-off, but I think, or I, let me, I think his character wasn't really worthy of a spin-off, but it really worked very well, and, um, I think it transmitted and very well to the screen, and I think the film sets up a lot of, or it doesn't set it up, but it just sort of opens the door Kind of to like make a lot more movies in this Batman's universe?
5: Yeah, because I, I I believe if I'm correct that they actually announced another kind of Lego movie like this, which will be the Lego Ninjago movie. So my question to you is, do you think it's a good idea to explore the Lego movie the Lego movie universe like this? Or do you think they should just shut it and be done with the Lego movie and just leave it there?
7: Um yeah, I'm not crazy about the whole Lego Ninjago thing. I th- I just think you have to think really carefully about which, which sort of brands in the Lego universe that you're going to make into their own movies. Um, I feel, for instance, Batman was good material to elaborate on. Um, and I'm sure there were... It, I'm just not sure, like, if they explore too many uh, films, then they'll run out of... It won't be it it'll get less and less funny as they go on.
5: Yeah, you know, a lot of films try to keep pushing and pushing the same idea thinking it's working, but then they completely ruin the series, which is very sad. But how many stars do you give this film?
7: Uh, 4 out of 5. I thought it was really good. Um, and it's really worth seeing.
5: And and why not 5 out of 5? Any other reasons besides what you said?
7: Uh, the story, it's very fast-paced, and that's not a bad thing. That's a good format for a movie like this, but sometimes you just sort of get lost.
5: And how about the comedy? Do you think it differs at all from the Lego movie, or do you think that it's almost exactly the same?
7: Um, I I think it's different, uh, because they make fun of different things, um... There's a lot more jokes about, like, comic book heroes and stuff, um, than in the Lego movie. So, uh, but yeah, it's, they're both funny in their own ways.
5: And if somebody didn't like the, uh, Lego movie, for example, do you think they'd like this film? Like, do you think it could have its own independence, or do you think it'll always be connected to that film?
7: Um, I think if you didn't like the Lego movie, which is totally understandable, um, I think that you actually have a chance of enjoying this film, too. Because if you're, it, well, it also depends if you're a fan of the comic books, either. Because there are a lot of hidden jokes in there, both for different groups of people, different by, based by age, their interests. Sort of like, com- I think it can be appealing to comic book fans, parents, kids. It's um, a very wide range of sort of people who might enjoy it. yeah, you don't have to enjoy the Lego movie because they set it up like you don't have to see the Lego movie to really enjoy Batman as a character or, you know, find identify with the universe.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, that sounds it sounds like a fantastic film. And if any of the viewers would like to check it out, it is now in theaters. Benjamin, thank you so much for talking to me about the Lego Batman movie. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us to the viewers who have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog and teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by The Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About Space.